At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Father, we ask for help from your Spirit this morning. Help to understand your word. Help to understand what it means to turn and become like a child. Understand that you desire greatness in your kingdom, but it may not be like what we think. So please help us this morning. As our hearts, they want, to, they want to kick and scream against this. As the flesh and the spirit are at war right now, help us. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was a boy, I wanted to be great. I, I mean, you know... <laughs> In full transparency, uh, there's, there's still this, this greatness syndrome that my heart is constantly wrestling with. So when I was a boy, I wanted to be the greatest baseball player. I wanted to be uh, like Babe Ruth and hit all of the home runs that I could. I wanted to be like Jackie Robinson. I, I wanted to be like Sammy Sosa. I wanted to be great. And then as time went on, that switched from baseball to basketball, and I wanted to be able to shoot the ball like Larry Bird and glide through the air like Michael Jordan. And that greatness of what the world taught me still lingers in my heart. It still nags and pulls at me. In fact, I think I'm becoming even more aware of just how deeply rooted it is in my heart now than ever before. Did you know that it's okay to be great in the kingdom of heaven? Do you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven? Is it all right for me even to say that? That God desires that we would desire to be great in the kingdom of heaven? Did you know that? Did you know that you can be great in the kingdom of heaven and that you should pursue being great in the kingdom of heaven? But it's not greatness like we're taught here on earth. The greatness of the kingdom of heaven is a 180 from what we are taught as young children of what greatness looks like. You, you see, what our sin teaches us, what this world teaches us, is that greatness is a means or a way to get as much status, power, approval, or influence in this world that our hearts 
long for. Our hearts long to be like God, and the world will then define greatness as being able to have more power over another person. More influence, greater approval, a good status rating. This is what we're taught from a young age. If you want to be significant in this lifetime, then you need to be great at something. But greatness in the kingdom of heaven looks different than greatness in humans' eyes. Greatness painted here on earth is different than what Jesus paints. And he's making this clear to the disciples this morning. In our passage, Jesus, he's telling us the way, he's telling the disciples the way of greatness in the kingdom of heaven. We'll first see the question of the disciples. Who is the great, greatest? Second, we will see an illustration from Jesus that we are to become like children. And then third, we will see the answer to the question that we are to be humble like a child. So let's look here at verse 1. The disciples question, who is the greatest? This is what the disciples asked Jesus. Jesus, who is the greatest? We read, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And at first glance, what we might say is really, have you 12 disciples not figured this thing out yet? Have you not figured out anything that Jesus has told you up to this point? Jesus just got done telling you about his death. That he would be handed over to men, that he would be beaten, and that he would die. Have you twelve not listened to Jesus or heard his words when he said that you, the twelve, are to pick up your cross, to deny yourself, and to follow me? Has it really gone over the twelve's head that Jesus has told them that to find their life, they need to lose their life? And here the twelve disciples are asking Jesus, Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Two steps forward, one step back. Now, we don't know the specifics of why they were asking this question. Mark and Luke do tell us in their gospel accounts, that this was a conversation that the 12 disciples were having on their way to Capernaum. This was the conversation that the 12 disciples were having with one another before they get to Capernaum. And, and Peter has this conversation about the temple tax. Could it be that the disciples sense that Peter, John, and James are getting a little bit more attention from Jesus? 
And so jealousy is starting to bubble to the surface of their hearts. Or could they be recognizing or noticing that Peter seems to be the de facto leader? And the other disciples are starting to become insecure with where they stand. We might even be able to really think that the disciples were looking at their stats, their impressiveness, and arguing with one another. Well, I've cast out this many demons. How many demons have you cast out? Well, I've healed this many sick people. How many sick people have you healed? Well, I've gotten to interact with Jesus in these ways. And he's asked me to do these tasks. And he hasn't asked you to do those tasks. You know what's interesting about the human heart? is that so quickly the human heart produces insecurities and anxieties when we measure stats and works as greatness. Let me illustrate the question of the disciples like this for us. It's a question that most parents get and that most siblings ask or blatantly point out. Am I your favorite? Or is Joseph your favorite? Is, is he the golden boy? He seems to get a little bit more attention from you. You did give him those, that robe of many colors. And do you see how the insecurities and anxieties of Joseph's other brothers played out where they beat Joseph up, they put him in a pit, and they sell him as a slave? Just because their insecurity and anxieties of where they stood in the family started bubbling to the surface. And now we see something similar going on with the twelve. I wonder if you can relate to the insecurities and anxieties that the twelve are feeling right now. Of who is the greatest? Who's the most important? Who does Jesus look at and desire to be the leader? It seems to me that the disciples that they're asking this question out of their insecurities and anxieties, if they've done enough work, in the kingdom, if they've done enough to impress Jesus. This is why they ask, Jesus, who is the greatest? Out of us twelve, who has done enough? Who's done the most for you, Jesus? Who gets the seat at the front of the table? Far too quickly and far too often, this is your heart. This is my heart. Our insecurities and anxieties cause us to ask God, God, am I great to you? Do 
Do I mean something to you? Have I earned your favor enough to sit at the front of the table? We have hearts that desire greatness, but far too quickly we desire greatness with wrong motives and short-lived experiences. You see, the the heart, it wants to be great in God's kingdom. Any, Any Christian that has been animated, that has the Holy Spirit in them, desires to be great in God's kingdom. It's a natural desire to want to be great in God's kingdom. But if you are not watching your heart closely, the heart slowly over time starts to drift into self-righteous greatness. We start to drift away from greatness in the kingdom and we start to drift to worldly greatness. Why? Because it's constantly in our face. Whenever we turn on the news, whenever we're on Facebook or social media, whenever we're watching a documentary or movie, this desire for approval, for influence, for status, for power, which equals greatness in the world, is constantly in front of us, tempting us. But instead of actually leading us to greatness, it leads us to anxiety, insecurity with your relationship with God. And this is exactly where the devil wants you. Unshare of where you stand in God's kingdom. Unsure if you're doing enough for God. Unsure if you're great in His kingdom. This is why Jesus very plainly tells the disciples, become like children. We look at verses 2 and 3, and calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, we've read enough and we've looked at the Gospels enough to see that Jesus likes to use signs and illustrations in his teaching. And, And in this particular case, There was a little boy who was running around in the place where Jesus and the disciples were staying. And so Jesus calls for the little boy to come and be in the front and center for all the disciples to see. Now this would have been a little bit of a surprise to the twelve disciples. Because instead of answering the twelve right away, what Jesus does is he, he gets the little boy and he, he places him right in front of them. Why would this have been a little bit of a surprise? Well, because children were not to get in the way of adults. In the first century, children were not to be the center of the family system. <laughs> Children's did not, uh, parents uh, did not just cater to any of a child's needs. A a, a child was seen as the least in society. They were powerless. They didn't contribute to a family's needs. Parents loved their children. Don't hear me say that parents didn't love their children in the first century. They loved their children. But children were powerless. They weren't seen as important or useful in society. 
in a society that based its significance on contribution and what you gave to the family system, children did not give, but they solely just received. Children were the very last when it came to society standards. They were the most powerless, helpless human beings. So imagine the jolt, imagine the shock when Jesus tells the twelve that they can't even enter the kingdom of heaven unless they become like a child. How is that possible? How is it possible to become like a child? Jesus says, unless you you turn and become like this child, you can't even enter the kingdom. Uh, Jesus says, you will never. That's a strong word that Jesus is using there. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven unless you turn and become like a child. The most insignificant, the, 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 power, the most powerless person, the, the least person, the last person according to society standards. If you don't become like this least, this last, this powerless child, then you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says. But what are the disciples, what are the twelve to turn from? What are you to turn from? How can I become like a child? Let me try to illustrate what's taking place like this. This past week, something happened uh, where Sharice uh, told Haddon, now Haddon, you need to clean this up. This is what big boys do. And Haddon responds a way that we respond at times as adults. Well then, I don't want to be a big boy. So Sharice responds and says, well, then I'll have to start treating you like a baby. I'll have to put you down for naps. Your bedtime will be earlier. You won't be able to play then with certain things. And after a moment of thinking about it, Haddon then responds and says, well, Mom, you can't treat me like a baby. Because I can't be small like a baby anymore. Is this what Jesus means? That we are to literally become like children? This is what Jesus is saying, right? He's, he's saying that you must turn and become like children. But that doesn't mean what Jesus is saying is that we are to mimic the maturity of a child. Jesus, he's not saying that somehow children are more innocent than adults and so that way we are to mimic the innocence of a child. And Jesus doesn't mean that we are literally to go back to being like a child. Why? Well, because to quote Haddon, we just can't be small like that anymore. So what is, the Jesus, what is Jesus teaching the disciples? Jesus is teaching the disciples that they must turn from their autonomous, their self-sufficient, their self-dependency and become dependent on God. 
Unless you turn and you become dependent upon God for all of your needs, Jesus is saying, you will never gain access to the kingdom of heaven. Two thousand years later, the same is still true for you and I. You will never gain access into the kingdom of heaven unless you become like a child. Unless you become dependent on God. Unless you turn from your self-dependence self-dependent ways. Now there are two ways that we are to become dependent on God. The first is your dependence comes in from trusting that you offer absolutely nothing to your salvation. You do not contribute anything at all to your salvation. There's no great work that you will do in this lifetime where you will gain access into God's kingdom. You are to depend and trust on Christ's saving work for your soul. You are saved from your sin and God's wrath by trusting, by depending on Christ's work on the cross and Christ alone. That's the first way. Is we need to be dependent for our salvation, for eternal life, on what Christ has done for us, not what we can do for Christ. The second way that you and I are to depend on God is for our provision. Just as parents provide for their children, so does God provide for His children. God provides all things for you. All things. Everything you have has been provided by your Heavenly Father. Your money, your health, time, work, house, cars, intellect. The gas that you pumped in your car this morning as you stood out there and froze, He gave that to you. He provided that for you. What Jesus is teaching His disciples is that the more a child of God grows, the more they actually grow dependent on God. Not autonomous from God. Not self-dependent in themselves. Let me put it like this. The more a child of God grows, the more a Christian grows, the more they see how powerless they are and how much they need God as their source of life. As you are growing in your Christian faith, this is, this is a good kind of litmus test of where you're growing. As you are growing in your Christian life, are you finding yourself being more dependent on God? Or less? Are you seeing more of how just powerless you are in this life and more how powerful God is? This is the posture of our heart. 
turn from our adult-like self-sufficiency and become like children. And so here, Jesus then gives them the answer to their question of who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He gives them this answer by telling the disciples to be humble like a child. He says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do you notice in these four verses, Jesus never says that it's wrong to pursue greatness in heaven. What Jesus does is he redefines greatness for the disciples. The the disciples, their thinking right now is that greatness comes through their hard work. That greatness comes through their mighty works of what they've done for Jesus. But Jesus defines greatness as humility like a child. Dependency on God like a child depends on their parents. This is what Jesus has been teaching his disciples throughout his ministry. And really, when you become a Christian, this is exactly what God does to his children. He strips us of our self-dependency to depend on him. Most of the times, he does this through trials of various kinds. That brings us to our knees. That causes us to cry out in faith. Lord, hear my prayers. He does this constantly with the disciples. The feeding of the 5,000. We just saw him do this with Peter as he tells Peter, go to the sea and you'll find a fish with a gold coin in it. He does this with the disciples as he calms the storms. Jesus, throughout his ministry, has been teaching the disciples that they are to be dependent on God. That they are to humble themselves like children and understand and recognize that their Heavenly Father will provide for them their daily bread. I think the best way that I could possibly illustrate this is just by telling us to look to children. Children have a natural understanding that they are to be dependent, don't they? Because of this, they have to do some very humble things that as adults we just wouldn't do. They ask for help to go to the bathroom. They ask for food from their parents and they depend upon their parents to get them food. When they're scared of something and they have maybe a bad dream or a nightmare, they wake up and they run to their parents' room unafraid of being embarrassed and ask for comfort. When they need to get up on something, They hold their hands up like this and they say, up please. What we are being taught 
is that when Christians grow in Christ, they become more dependent on God. They become more humble in this lifetime. And so the natural question for me to ask you is are you becoming more dependent on God? How might you know if this is happening? Are you giving up your strivings in this life for power or approval or influence or status? Are you giving that up? And are you humbling yourself by depending on God? What I mean by this is is that you and I, we so quickly want to control things. Are you giving up this control in your life? Are, are, Are you giving up the control of your lives? And are you saying God's in control? If he cares for the birds, if he cares for the flowers, then why would he not care for me? So are you humbling yourself to trust that you may not get that promotion at work that you've been working so hard for? Because God, he has something else in mind because God actually knows what you need. Are you humbling yourself and depending on God when the doctor gives you news that's not what you wanted or expected? And coming to him, humbly depending on him. Are you humbling yourself when your children seem to be drifting further from the faith that you wanted them to have? You see, what the scriptures teach us is that dependence on God looks like praying more. Reading your Bibles more. Meditating on the promises of God. Dependence looks like obeying God even when what you want to do may not be what you should do. This dependence, this childlike dependence, it doesn't, there's not an age limit here. It's not like as soon as you turn 95, you you age out of what Jesus is saying here. We are to take the dependent and humble posture of a child. So some of us need to repent. We need to go before God and confess all of the self-dependent ways we've been living in our lives. Because what we're called, as Jesus is telling his disciples, is to humble ourselves like children and to depend on Him no matter what the situation may be. No matter what the trial may be. No matter what the mountaintop experience may be. And as I finish, let me just say this for us. What a relief this is. 
Really? What a relief this is that greatness in the kingdom of heaven is not what I can offer. Greatness, according to Jesus, is not how many people I can influence or or gain the approval of in this lifetime. Greatness isn't the, the power that I can hold over how many people I can. Greatness, according to Jesus, in the kingdom of heaven, is actually attainable for all of us, no matter your age. No matter your abilities, no matter your intellect, no matter if you are a, a, a CEO over thousands of people or whether you, you just work a nine to five. Greatness is attainable for all people who humble themselves and become dependent like a little child. What this means is that you and I, according to Jesus, can be great in the kingdom of heaven. What a relief. We can be great. We can be great as long as we humble ourselves like a little child and we depend upon our Heavenly Father, who, by the way, cares for His children. In this lifetime, I'm a father, so I feel like I can say this, you'll let your child down. You have been let down by your fathers. There's no perfect father, but our heavenly father is perfect and he is dependable. So it's possible for you to be great in the kingdom of heaven. Will you just take a step of faith and pursue this greatness? Will you just depend on your heavenly Father who desires that you depend on Him? Will you humble yourself this morning and become like a dependent child? Let's pray. Father, We, we, we read your word and we read what Jesus is calling us to and yet, as we grow older, it becomes harder and harder to find this childlike dependence. And so I do ask this morning that you would, you would break us this morning of our self-dependent ways, our self-reliant ways, where we would be able to humbly submit and surrender as little children to you. We have a whole book where you show us how you are dependable. Help us to believe that and help us to become like little children. Amen.